Hello everyone. Hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the, the Lazy, Lazy Book, Book Lovers. Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Uh, because we are not on brand and are reading too much at the moment, um, this is part two of our reading update. Uh, visit last week's episode, episode 78, for part one. Uh, so this is a continuation of... And then come back. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> stuff that we've been reading. Stuff and such. <laughs> right, you go. <laughs> um, okay, I read Verge by Nadia Atia. I'm assuming that's how you say your name. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. It's just how it is now. Um, (laughs) So this is really interesting. It's like... um, Okay, it has about 12,000 genres. Mm -hmm. So it's a fantasy horror set in a dystopian England. Right. With magical realism. Right. Not going on there. Yeah. Um, And the author, they don't really bother with much exposition it's just yeah this is the way it is just accept it mm. which is kind of admirable i prefer I, enjoyed it. I prefer stories like that now where you learn as the character moves through the world yeah. like you're a bit lost sometimes at first but i find exposition a bit oh makes me itch. yeah so i read this on netgalley as an arc yeah um, and i looked at some of the other reviews and a lot of people disliked it and a lot of the time the complaints were I didn't understand it which is understandable yeah. a lot of it is not really understandable um, I would describe it as um, Brexit meets um, Wicker Man <laughs> <laughs> interesting um, just to be clear I really enjoyed this book it was fucking weird and I really enjoyed it <laughs> so it follows a character, Rowena, mm. and um, she is, like, cursed and has been cursed since birth. So the day she was born, 250 starlings fell like stones from the sky. And since then, she's been marked by death. So how did they know the starlings were her fault? Did because they fall on top of her? her? Or? No, her mum told her. Okay. Her mum's interesting. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, um, her mum always tells her the story of her birth killed all these starlings. It's a, um, when I talk about Wicker Man, I mean, it's very folklore heavy. Yeah. So there's a lot of superstition and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all very taken seriously. Um, and in this world, it's, it's like England, but in some weird dystopian future where basically kind of Brexit's happened. Okay. And, um, like to get into different counties it's kind of like i assume maybe not how i imagine the states is but maybe not but like um there's like control passport controls to get into different counties and Mm. stuff in the uk which is just crazy to me because obviously it doesn't take that long to get into each county but yeah Um, we could just sort of throw a stone and hit the next county over yeah i think yeah like um so Everyone that she like, well, not everyone. So she has a boyfriend who mysteriously dies, and then at the start of the book, her dad dies. Right. When they're in each other's company, so her mum says to her, "You killed your dad. Like you are the bringer of death." Every good mother does. Yeah. You are a curse upon my family. Go away. Proper good YA mother, right here. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, they have a farm because a lot of this. Oh yeah. So. The whole, like, Brexit side of it is we don't have trade. The UK, like, mm. it doesn't have trade with any other country. Okay. So that's why it gave me Brexit vibes. So, um, you know, everything's got to be... Everything's gone back to, like... Everything's got to be Body grown. To mm, like, ration days. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like, everything's grown, homegrown. Yeah. Um, yeah, so her mum has a farm. And um, she has this farmhand who is from Egypt, and he's on the run from something. He's called mm. Halim. Um, and she uh, pays him to take Rowena to her mother, so Rowena's grandmother, to do this spell um, to get rid of death that's following her. And, okay. it, and it has to be done by the time she turns, I think it might be 21 as well, 
um, or death stuck with her for life. So for some reason, her mum left it to one month before her birthday to do this, mm, and it takes it will take them a month to travel across the UK because of all these restrictions. And they have to work along the way. They have to have like working visas to get through each county, so they have to have a job in each county to get past passport okay. control. Um. And yeah, so yeah, Halim has like faces a lot of hate because he is not mm-hmm. white British. There's loads of weird people they meet along the way. There's lots of weird superstition stuff, like stepping in fairy rings and things. Yeah. And then they're in one county when it's like a midsummer and there's like a big midsummer mm. festival, blah, blah, blah. It's all really weird, but it's kind of cool. It's serious vibes. Okay, interesting. And the ending is just... I had to go back and reread it, and I was like, wait, is that it? Oh, that's the end? Okay. In a, in a good way? <laughs> I Undecided. Okay. Interesting way. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, mm. so Brexit meets Wicker Man. I'm going to send... that on I'm going to send the author that. That quote, yeah. On yeah inside like, cover. That is my quote. Lazy but clever, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine if our reviews ever ended up in people's comments? That'd, that'd be sick. That. That'd be so exciting. I've, I've got like, lofty ambitions for this. <laughs> just um, call me now, deaf cast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Should I do one? Yeah, go on. <clears throat> uh, so I read the first book in the Caravel series, which we kind of talked about off air. Um, by Stephanie Garber. It's by Stephanie Garber. I was going to read the description, but it's hella long, so I'm not going to do that. Um, Always too long. Yeah. I do like that they're more descriptive than good Goodreads and Storygraph, but sometimes mm-hmm. they're too much long. Yeah, that one for Verge I just looked at was literally... No, mm. not Verge. Uh, the old one was nice. It should it's not have four like, back paragraphs in that it. That one was literally like three sentences, and I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> um, so, Caraval is this magical carnival that happens the, there's lots of legends around the guy who owns Caraval his name is Legend I'm like because mm, I recently watched that review so I know this <laughs> uh, and he they used to tour Caraval around different cities and then it stopped touring and now it has its own private island where people go to for Caraval and you get invites by invite only unless you try and sneak in um, our two main characters uh, Scarlet and Donatella are daughters of a rich local lord, but he treats them like shit. He beats them regularly. Their mother ran away when they Hashtag were tag just dad stuff. Yep, their mother ran away when they were like quite young. Um, they presume ran away and not died, but she was never found. They don't know what happened to her. She just disappeared. Just YA parents. Yeah, and their grandmother helped raise them. And their grandmother sort of hated them a little bit, wasn't good with kids, and used to tell them stories all the time about Caraval and the st- the legends of legend. And for both of them, it kind of, in their little kid brains, was like, okay, Caraval is like how we're going to survive this. We're going to have a way out of this. Yeah. yeah. So the main, the main narrator for the first book is Scarlet who is the older sister, but only by a year. She's quite cautious. She spent all her time trying to like keep her sister Donatella from the worst of her dad's stuff. Mm-hmm. And Donatella is quite like wild and is always getting into trouble. But what the dad does is instead of punishing the child that does it, he punishes the other one. So uh, they have to watch their it. sister. No. Uh. So like he figured out they don't really care what happened to them, but they care what happens to the other. Mm-hmm. So you... Oh, so he cared enough about parenting to work that part. Yeah. Yeah. Classic, classic YA dad. Um, and so Scarlet has been writing to Legend all her life, saying like, "Please, can you come to my island? Please, can you come to my island?" And then when he stops touring, she's like, "Okay, um, please, can I uh, please can I come to Caraval? Like, please save me." All this kind of stuff. And then her final letter is when she's engaged to a count that she's never met that her dad's engaged her to. Um, she says, "Hey, I'm getting married." Um. It's the last chance if you want to invite me. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, basically, my, she actually writes saying, my wedding is here, so please don't come then because I won't be available. Um, <laughs> and this will be my last letter. And then Legend finally writes back with an invite to Caraval. Mm. Meanwhile, Donatella's hooking up with it's some like, nice... Hi, you're probably of age now. Yeah. I can find me. Yeah. 
classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, Donatella has met a very nice sailor man who she's like hanging out in the cellars with when oh, yeah, Scarlet catches him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Scarlet catches him catches them together and also happens to have the letter in her hands and Donatella looks at it and she's like oh my god we've been invited to Caravel and the, she's been sent two Im- invitations with names on Donatella and Scarlet and then a third one that's blank that's for her fiance oh mm. um, and Scarlet Donatella's like we'll just take this guy <laughs> he's a sailor. Random sailor he's a sailor he can get us to Caravel Island and Scarlet's like no dad will kill us and Donatella's like oh we can get back in time for your wedding. Like, why'd you write okay. if you didn't want to go? Yeah. Um, and then Scarlet's like, no, it's too dangerous. The count is our way out. Well, then why have you been writing? The count because she's been writing to this count as well that she's never met. Oh. Um, she's like, count is our way out. He's a nice man. He's promised to bring you with us. So we're gonna be away from my father, and then I'll have money and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And Donatella's like, oh, I'm not betting on some random dude we've never met that your dad just sold you to, so... Yeah, let's go to the other random dude we've never met yeah. on the island with the random sailor guy. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm all for Donatella. So Donatella ends up uh, getting the sailor guy to kidnap Scarlet and trick her in. <laughs> <laughs> and to get her onto the boat. So that's Donatella's that solution. escalated. <laughs> Okay, I, I kind of afford with Donatella. She so sounds hilarious. Scarlet sets up a secret meeting with the sailor guy to like give him money and persuade him not to not to take them. Yeah, and he's like, um, "Well, your sister already Jokes offered on you." Back yeah, he's on like, head. he's like, basically, your sister already offered me like a better offer, and then they chloroform her. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. And, and then she wakes up on the boat, just to, like so they've they've gone from the big boat to the little boat rowing them to the island and that's when she wakes up and she's like where's my sister and he's like she's already on the island calm the fuck down like why are you scared what, what's your, why are you worried what's your problem <laughs> and then the boat starts to sink and she can't swim oh, I can see why she was worried <laughs> uh, so the boat then sinks so she could like sort of swim but not very well and she's got a big heavy dress on so she has to take the big heavy dress off obviously and the handsome sailor man helps bring her to shore mm. and then they both go to Caravelle together and he's like let me have the other invite, please. Yeah. I want to get into Caravelle. He's like, I've played before. So he's already a bit dodge. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I've played, I've played before, so I'll help you. Just let me, just let me take the other invite. So do they know what the games entail beforehand? No. Okay. But there's always, Caravelle always follows the same kind of way of like, there's like clues that you have to follow and there's a prize. This year do the prize people, is a wish. Do people come back alive from Caravelle? Nothing in Caravelle is real, that's what they say. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's all a bit head-fucky. Like, it is that kind of plotlessy vibes that you kind of like. Mm. Like, the magic of it Yeah, is the same as, like, the magic, I would say, in Starless Sea. Mm-hmm. Starless Sea kind of magic vibes. The circus one. What's night the... Circus. Night Circus. Same kind of magic-y I've been pitching the Night Circus this whole time. Yeah. Same kind of magic vibes, I think. Where the ma- everything's a bit just fine, just a bit dodge, <laughs> a bit mysterious and shit. <laughs> and you don't know what's real and what's fake. Mm. And a lot of so there, there's a lot of performers who work for Caraval that you don't that act like they're participants in the games, mm. who are there to plant clues or nudge you certain ways. Oh my god! No, sorry. Continue. Mm. It's just made me think of a film. I need to see what that film's called. <laughs> and so when they get to the gates of Caraval. He like just snatches the invitation. He's like, "Oh, well, she's my fiance, aren't you, darling?" And then Scarlett's worried she's going to get kicked out if she admits he's lying. Cadaver. Oh, okay. It's nothing like, but watch that film. Um, <laughs> and so then she enters Caraval with Julian, and then they end up being given like a room together, and everyone's going, "Oh, your legend's special guest," and she's like, "Okay." Oh, um, because is he there as her? husband to be sorry yeah, yeah so yeah, he's yeah. fooled them into thinking they did it take much falling yeah <laughs> he just said i'm her yeah he's like i'm husband. her fiance and then and she's like, like okay. too shy and like she's like i don't want to get kicked out so i guess i'm just gonna go along with this where's wait um is her sister already there yes this is somewhere in caravel hmm. she's just trusting julian with that info yeah okay. well she gets shown should they go into a magical shop where she gets shown in a magical mirror her sister Donatella having loads of fun at Caravelle. 
Okay. So she's like, okay, I need to get to my sister. And then, but when you arrive at Caraval, you have to get inside before night falls or morning. I can't remember. You have to get inside for a certain time. So then she has to go to her room. She can't go find Donatella. And then the next day they go to find Donatella and her room's been ransacked and the pro- the clue is finding the sister it means they find the wish. Oh, okay. So then the caravel's purpose is that everyone has to go find Donatella. Everyone? Everyone. Oh, that's why so, they were the guest of honours. Yeah. Oh. So everyone's like ransacking Donatella's room and like going at the sister saying like give us clues, la la la. And she's like, I literally have no idea what's going on. And they get given a card with five clues on like five like things they have to find before they'll then find Donatella and therefore legend and the wish and blah 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 uh I've just realized mm-hmm. no. from that spoil- from that review I've just ruined everything no, in no. my head no you still don't know who legend is no 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 I've watched book. the review of oh. the whole trilogy okay interesting uh, this just occurred to me that I know that information now I'm like oh darn it <laughs> I'll try um, and forget it for when I read the books so yeah, the first book is kind of following the events of Scarlet trying to find Donatella. Her fiance, quote mark, shows up with her father. And then hmm? Yeah. Her real father. Her her father and the fiance show up. Her her real fiance. Yeah. Well, we find out in the second book that might not be so true. Okay. But in the first book we believe it's her fiance, the count. And they're there as guests. Yeah. Okay. So legends obviously invite them to fuck with the girls. And the whole thing is nothing is real. So lots of traumatic shit happens to Scarlet. Like, this girl cannot catch a break. So you said that the first book's from her point of view. Yes. Just the first one? I'm reading the second now, and it's from Donatella's point of view. And you find out the role Donatella played in getting them to Caraval for the first book. So it wasn't because of Scarlet's letters. Donatella has been writing to someone else. So it's like a flashback type thing? Or? No. It, it picks up from the end of the first book. Okay. Leaves off from Scarlet's point of view, switches to Donatella's. That sounds quite cool. It, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it sounds interesting and it's got all the ingredients for interesting, but it's not currently thing. gripping me as much as I would have thought. Maybe I should and I can't this explain so that we can like, yeah. chat about it. I've It'd be good if you could read it. I've only actually got the first one, but I could just... I mean, obviously, I have the rest. Yeah, because I've already hmm. um, It would be good if you could read it, because I can't figure out... Because all the ingredients add up to gripping, but it's not gripping me. Yeah. Like, I can just happily fall asleep read, while I'm reading it. Yeah. But it's not boring. It's just... Yeah. Like, it's not I, stay up all night reading. Yeah, when I'm reading it, I'm getting really sucked into the world of it. Yeah. But then I can put it down. Okay, interesting. So... Yeah. Um, oh, we're running a bit long. It's because we've had so much chatty chat. Uh, Quite like a podcast usually is. <laughs> <laughs> so technically one of the things I've read the first two books of a series. Yeah. Uh, how much more have you got? Three. You go. Okay. As we alluded to earlier, I went to this bloggers brunch. Invited, I was invited by Black Crow PR. Thank you very much, Shaney Lee. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I met Olivia Blake, so I reread The Atlas Six twice for just reasons. I'm currently reading One for My Enemy, which is as well. But I uh, also finished TJ Clune's book Under the Whispering Door because I got to meet mm-hmm. him. And this was his trademark cosy fantasy adjacent with bits to make you cry. So just what he writes yeah. about, basically. Um, I have to tell you what he said because oh, I told yeah, Chinese anyway enough. So he said he always gets asked um, how he writes the uh, bits that are like emotional and make readers cry. And he said he cackles and laughs when he writes them because he knows they're going to make his readers cry and his substance is readers' tears. And <laughs> he was like just chuckling away the I whole time that. maniacally and I loved it. Yeah, so I read uh, Under the Whispering Door. So this is about a a gentleman called Wallace Price who is um, not a good person, I guess is the way to describe him. So at the beginning, he's in his office. He's very um, 
he owns a business i think they're lawyers yeah they're lawyers so he owns a business with some other lawyers and he's in his office and he's got a employee there crying in front of him and she's crying and telling him about how everything's gone wrong for her recently like he's called her in Mm. for a meeting and she thinks uh she's talking about how lovely it is to have a Mm. boss who cares and like um her husband's just lost his job her son's just been diagnosed with uh, cancer or something like blah yeah. blah blah the only thing she has going for her is this job blah 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 blah. and then wallace is like yes yeah, very sad anyway you're fired and then <laughs> and then she's like what and she thinks it's a joke and she's like but this is my family blah 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 i've worked for you for mm. how many years and he's like yes yes um Anyway, so security's there. There's a box if you could pack your stuff. So he's like, yeah, yeah, and um, and then he starts thinking about how like he was married, his wife left him, and he was like, oh, very sad. Okay then, um, <laughs> so we're divorced now. Like he's just very like, la, la, la. yeah, and then he uh, suddenly is um, looking down at his body, and then he's suddenly at his funeral and his colleagues are talking about him and his wife's his ex-wife is talking about him mm. and none of them have particularly not, not that they don't have nice things to say about him but then don't don't have nice things to say yeah. about they all talk about how he he really cared about his job and mm. okay and he didn't really have a personality beyond that like that kind of stuff mm. um so then a reaper comes and takes him and it's like, yeah, you probably have questions. You are dead, by yeah. the way. Um, <laughs> and I'm the reaper and I'm going to take you um, to this tea shop and it's run by someone called Hugo. And he's like, okay, wow, this all sounds weird. Yeah. And Hugo is like a ferryman to help souls cross over. Mm. But he also just has a tea shop that in the middle of like this village in 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 america and um like people who are still alive come to the tea shop and okay they like interesting and he's a ghost there and he meets other ghosts and there's a ghost dog and um i like there's a ghost he dog. he uh, as with all of tj clune's books he learns to love and he learns about humanity and oh okay so like there's the a queer love story and yeah it's a TJ Klune book. It like it, it I makes you really feel it's, yeah. it's cozy, but it makes you sad at the same time. And it was really interesting. And I liked the, I liked the idea of it. It was it was fun. Um, yeah. yeah I and I would be uh, remiss to not mention that obviously there are some people do have some issues with TJ Klune. I'm not going into it here, but. Okay. Because, yeah. But yeah, you know, you do might, you, you might, research yeah, you might want opinion. to look that up if you want to, but I, I do have to mention it because I don't want us mm. to get hate for talking about him and not mentioning it. <laughs> okay, so for my next one, mm-hmm. do you want shite or do you want decent fantasy? Do decent first. All right. So, I have listened to this before, actually, but I didn't feel like I took in the story properly because it was one of my sleep listens, and I just don't feel like I took it in. So, I decided to re-listen because it was a good book, and I had, I've had quite a busy period at work, and I just needed something to, like, listen to while I sort of worked my through the mountain of work that I had to do. Um, so, this is the uh, Bone Witch series. They are all on the Included Library by Ringe Piero. I've been wanting to check this out. It's really good. Ooh, Would okay. recommend. Okay. Um, is one of them called like Bone Shard or something? So, you've got the Bone the Witch, thing? the Heart Forger, um, and I can't remember what the third one is called. I haven't listened to that but yet. But I have had this on my list of... I'll check out. Cool, cool. Okay, I would recommend. So, this is really good world building for a start. Like, the magic system and all that stuff are really, it's really thought about. It's done as a series of flashbacks, but it's not shit. I want to emphasise. Yeah, yeah. So, we've got present day main character Tia. Uh, She's speaking to a bard, and 
in this in the present day she has been um banished so she's on this deserted beach doing mysterious magical things and she has and the bard comes there because of a dream and then he finds her there and he's like oh shit you're the you're the bone witch like you're the one and she's like she's like do you want to hear my story so you can tell it because she's very misunderstood Mm -hmm. and then so it's done as a series of from the present day of and then the present day ones are all narrated from the bard's point of view and we don't know his name at any point he's just called the bard they're all done from his point of view and all the past ones are done from Tia's point of view um so she and it's her like telling the story but it, it's like it's really well done the flashbacks are quite seamless mm-hmm. and it just goes into her narrating the story of where she comes up so bone witches are a very rare type of dark witch and they're called um Asha here in this world mm-hmm. she's a dark usher she finds out she's a dark usher when her brother dies and she accidentally raises him from the dead. Ooh, that's a bit orcs. Yeah. Mm. So at that point, they didn't know she had any magic because everyone has what's called a heart's glass. And there's when you reach a certain age, you, you go through the heart rune ceremony where someone draws the heart rune and then your heart is your... Kind of like your soul almost. It is visible in this glass. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep your heart safe. Okay. So everyone has heart's glass even if you're poor you might just wear like a glass bottle around your neck rather than a pretty one okay but obviously then rich people have really pretty heart cases and stuff like that but everyone has heart's glass pretty much wait so if that gets broken you can it can be restored oh okay it's not like you die if yeah you're, but you've like so when you get married you swap your heart with someone else Aww. and then and then no one can take your heart from that person like, as in the heart will, like, hurt them if they try and take it against the person's will and stuff like that. But then someone can take your heart and hide it. And heart's glass kind of help you stay healthy. So you can see in someone's heart's glass their emotions and when they're sick. So, like, Usher and other witches can, like, diagnose illnesses from people's heart glasses and stuff like that and if you're really really good you can like learn to read them to the point of that kind of reading minds okay um that sounds like a cool concept yeah it's a really cool concept so like with ordinary folk if they give their heart away they can get it restored so they can do the heart's rune again have their own they can restore the heart and take their heart back but if you have silver hearts glass which is if you are some kind of magical person you can't once you give your heart away it's gone forever you cannot get it back and Tia wasn't old enough to do the heart's rune ceremony at this point. So she didn't know. So basically when you do the heart rune ceremony, different colours mean different things. Okay. So like if you have a purple heart, it means you're meant to be an artisan. You're meant to do some kind of thing in the arts. Silver heart means you're magical. And then there's another one that means like you have low level magic, but you're not quite an ash- or like an usher. You can do sort of basic healing spells and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is what her sisters have. Her sisters are like lavender witches they're very sweet and like this kind of thing but no she she accidentally raises her brother from the dead yes and so the there's only two three bone witches in the world um so the other bone witch travels to find her and bring her to where the usher all train together okay um which and then there's all these different countries and the names get very confusing by the way you you do pick them up in the end um, so she gets taken to where all the Usher train and in this world there's this whole kind of folklore story about f- people called Falling Wind and something Knife and like there's oh, I'm not telling it very well <laughs> to do with basically there are creatures called Deva who were raised by an evil uh, male sorceress witch whatever you want to call it back in the day who betrayed the king raised these deva and these deva are like a plague upon the land they can never be completely killed they can be put to rest and after a certain number of years they resurrect and then only the dark witches the dark usher can put them back down because dark usher can like control them with their minds and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so dark usher go around all the different countries they have territories when there was more of them but now there's just like three that have to cover everywhere okay right 
and they go around putting down Deva and they know when the Deva are going to resurrect because they come back every eight years or something so they all they all travel around putting down these Deva but it's dangerous work and it kind of takes a little bit of their like soul yeah every time they do it so Dark Asha don't live long they're looked down on by everyone else even though they're more powerful and Tia's mentor gave her heart away to someone she loved who betrayed her so she's also not as powerful as she should be so like the need for Tia to be trained is urgent Mm -hmm. but she's really young she's like 12 when they find her oh wow yeah um, so it's all about Tia because Tia is quite powerful, though. So wait, what age do they usually do that ceremony? Thing? I think it's fourteen. Okay, fourteen or fifteen? I'm not off, off the top of my head. I'm sure it's about that. So she's not far off it. No. Yeah. Still quite young, and so she takes she's taken to be trained, but she's quite headstrong and she doesn't understand a lot of the rules the usher are made to follow. The usher are very strict, mm-hmm. and there's lots of customs and traditions and like that she's supposed to observe, and there's loads of ways to offend people and. Tears headstrong that she keeps kind of butting up against all these rules and then some other girls who she's from she ends up you get trained at an ashakar which is like your house there's house valeria and house of this and they're all kind of in competition with each other okay. and she goes to quite a prestigious one that does really well and the other girls are really jealous the other usher are really jealous of people in her usher so then they do stuff like they play a prank on her and there's things called seeking stones that amplify your power but Tia is so young and untrained that when they do that to her she accidentally raises like a hundred skeletons in the area including like so like rats and stuff and they're like okay you're quite powerful actually yeah um and we start to discover that the people that the Asher elders who make all the rules are maybe a little bit self-serving Oh, that's surprising. That yeah. never normally happen. <laughs> and the Asha behave the way they do because they've kind of ingratiated themselves in, like, the lords and the kings of that realm. Mm-hmm. So they perform, they learn to perform, like, beautiful dances and songs and they entertain rich noblemen. Um, and they, that's what your training is. Most of your training as an Asha is how to entertain. Mm. Um, And so they... They do this, but it's only because a lot of them end up being working for lords and ladies' households, and a lot of them end up marrying into aristocracy, and therefore Usher are protected. Okay. So it's something that they've done over time to keep them protect, keep them safe, rather yeah. than persecuted. Yeah, yeah. And Tia's a bit like, oh, this is kind of dodgy. And there's a lot of stuff that's done, especially regulations to dark witches, because you can take in the dark magic, which is like, okay. But if you take in the dark rot, it can overtake your soul and it can kill you. And therefore, they kill you before you go mad with power. Okay. And so... So does that... If you do dark magic, that's what gives you... If you get... Because it's so much power. Because she can can control other people. Mm. So there's a rune that only she uses that can control someone else's body and actions Ah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And... Ever. So then they've been heavily regulated as a result by yeah. the other usher that they really looked down upon. And part of that's what's making her mentor so ill as well. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of don't want her to get her heart back because then she'll be too powerful. So then, yeah, it, it's just kind of about... This is why I didn't really understand the endings, why I need to go re-listen to it. Because it flashes bef- forward to like where she's been banished and obviously done something pretty terrible. And is planning to do something pretty terrible in revenge to the past where she's training and is coming up against all these rules. And there's people called the Faceless who do use dark magic and they use the dark rot and they revel in it. Mm-hmm. And they have all these dark runes that actually could help her, but she's not allowed to use because they're considered like treasonous and they're from the Faceless people. Mm. And as she uses them, that means she's taken in the dark rot and they'll kill her. Even though it could help. But she discovers there's little things like she can connect. So they have a dark Asher of familiars, which is what her brother ends up being. Her brother's her familiar because he raises her from the, raises him from the dead. And it's like her familiar. So he's like, they have a mind connection. Is he, uh, is he, does he look like a person or is he like, like skin melting off? And uh, they have to do a ceremony called blooding. So okay. she she gives him a bit of his blood and he's like his injuries heal. Okay. But right. without that he would start to degenerate. Yeah. 
Um, well, no, he's he picturing like a zombie. Was he doesn't his name degenerate. From a skullduggery? Yeah, that's what I was picturing. No, he doesn't degenerate. But like, if he breaks his arm, it stays broken. Okay, yeah. So he doesn't rot, but like, if he gets hurt, he doesn't heal. But with her help, he does heal. And then she discovers, basically on accident, that the Deva that they keep trying to nearly kill themselves to put down kill, she can actually communicate mind to mind with them. And that way stop the Deva from hurting anyone, but not kill herself or her mentor. Her mentor's dying because her heart's glass is missing. Yeah. And every time she puts down a Deva, a little bit of her life goes. And Tia's like, well, why are you making us do this when we can just control the Deva? With a mind-to-mind connection. Yes. And so she keeps this a secret for ages that she's got this mind-to-mind connection with the Deva. Because everyone thinks she killed it. Oh, right. Okay. And it's like a, she keeps it secret for years. And then she gets found out and it's she's like, but it just makes sense. I'm sorry. It just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then they try to challenge the Asher elders. And, so that's the past bit. And then the future bit, she is raising a bunch of Deva to and binding them to her and then moving on to cities to fight and we don't really know why and it's lots of allusions to like what happened but we don't know like i haven't got to the bit where that the storylines meet back up yeah it's it's really good was it a trilogy yes yeah and i did listen to the whole thing but i actually physically cannot remember the ending Mm, so that's why i've re-listened yeah um but it's very good I'll report back on number three when I get to the ending. <laughs> Are they all in the library? Mm-hmm. All included. Oh, that's right. They're about 12 hour listens each. Next one, it's quite warm in this room, isn't it? It is getting warm, yeah. Mm. Okay, I read, so for. Big stretch. <laughs> Tandem Collective, I am a romance ambassador for their summer mm-hmm. read along, which I thought would be fun to apply mm-hmm. for because. I don't often read romance. So there's three books a month for the next four months. There's 12 books Mm. over the summer, different types of love tropes and Mm. stuff. So I thought that would be exciting. So the first one I read was, um, and the other one I'm going to talk about today, The Love Wager by Lynn Painter. So, (laughs) okay, this was surprisingly good. I say surprisingly because I don't often read romance, so perhaps I do have a bit of a bias when it comes yeah. to romance. Um, they can be a little bit cheesy. Maybe I look down on them and I shouldn't do. I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't know if I do, but maybe I do. They can be a little bit cheesy, and sometimes they're written to a trope, and they're written for a purpose, and I they just think... They fulfil the purpose. Yeah, I think a lot of it... They don't try to be deeper with it. A lot of it with me as well is that I tend to pick up books that are just depressing and um romance books typically are not (laughs) they are well known for often having happily ever after so uplifting i I think they just in general have never really uh, been something i've been interested in yeah and so yeah the love wager was actually really fun so it follows it's dual pov it follows hallie and um what is his name jack that's it hallie and jack and um at the beginning of the book uh hallie is uh she's a bit of a hot mess <laughs> like she's broken up with her long-term partner so now she's like she's kind of working living as like a college student again almost mm. i mean she's not but she's like she had to move out, so now she's living with a roommate in a cheap apartment. Yeah. She has um, her full-time job, but then she has two evening jobs to save up money to try and move out. Mm. She feels like she's taken like, a massive yeah, step yeah. back. At the beginning, she's at her bartender job, and she's tending bar at a wedding. And her other job is a salesperson in a, um, a jewellery store. So she's at this wedding and then a guy comes to the bar and she recognises the guy and she realises she, she recognises him because she sold him an engagement ring like that week or something. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I recognise you. I, I met you when you were buying. And he's like, shh, don't talk about it. Like, don't mention it. And mm. then his girlfriend comes up to the bar and that's obviously why he was like, don't mention because yeah. I'm going to propose to her tonight. 
Um, but her get then his girlfriend's a massive dick to Hallie because reasons for mm-hmm. the storyline, and she keeps looking down at her and calling her a waitress, and she's like, "Why are you talking to this woman? I turn my back and you come and talk to her." And blah 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 blah, mm. and he's like, "All right, no need to be a bitch." And then um, she throws a drink over Hallie, and then he's like, "This is why we were talking to each other." And he pulls out the ring, and he's like, "She helped me." pick this ring and she's like oh you're proposing to me and he's like not now i'm not we're over <laughs> Damn. in the middle of a wedding it's his um sister's wedding so he's actually um he's actually like part of the wedding party as well oh, uh, propose at the wedding i know mm. gross uh, and it turns out that everyone in his family hates hated her as well um so yeah there's like a really dramatic very unbelievable thing like that but whatever and then he um he comes back to the bar a bit later on and he's like oh we need a bartender can you come and assist us and Mm. Hallie's like yeah I guess so and she follows him and then he takes her into the kitchen and she's like what what do you need a bartender for and he's like I don't really but I just thought you could get drunk with me because it's your fault that I'm now single or something (laughs) and she's like "Eh, yeah why not and she's just like and then they both get really drunk and they have really, really good sex that night. They have like <laughs> a one night stand. And the next day, Hallie's like humiliated because she doesn't yeah. do one night stands. And she's like crawling around the room picking up her clothes <laughs> in the morning while she's in bed. And she's like, like literally crawling around on her, on her uh, elbows and knees, picturing her really clothes, pulling them all up under the bed and stuff. She can't find her bra and she realises it's underneath him and he's mm. asleep in bed and she's like, fuck it, and just runs like leaves. Um, and then, um, and she's like disappointed because the sex was so good, mm. but she doesn't do one night stands and she's like, he's obviously a player, yeah. which I don't know where she gets that from because he's literally going to provide yeah. this too, but whatever. Um, and then she finally decides she's going to uh, try and find someone. She's finally ready to get over her ex because yeah. she's had a one night stand, so she's ready to get over her ex. So she downloads a dating app, and then it flicks to Jack's point of view, and um, it's like the next day after she's snuck mm. away, and he's gone down for like the post wedding brunch with his family, and his sister's like, "Oh, I'm so pleased you and." blonde bitch have broken up I can't remember her name she's yeah. completely irrelevant um, uh, here is uh, I, I bought you a subscription on this dating app <laughs> and he's like what already and she's like oh I bought it for you like a month ago because I was hoping you two would break up or yeah. okay <laughs> so yeah they're both on the same dating app and then they match with each other and Hallie mes- course, yeah. messages him and is just like oh hey like da 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 and then they just start chatting as friends and they mm. joke about the fact that they had this one night stand like they mm. they always make jokes about it it's not like something they pretend didn't happen mm. they're aware of it then they become friends and then they make a wager on who's gonna find their true love first on this right. day you know of course yeah and then there's like one thing after the other so like Hallie's uh, sister gets married and he goes with her as a date and pretends to be her boyfriend uh, and they have like the one bed and got fake dating one bed oh I love it yeah and it's really cute so like they become like each other's perfect wing people basically and they like when they have dates they have the date at the same restaurant and if it's going badly they bail each other out and they go get tacos and then (laughs) they end up like booking (laughs) dates with people that they're not even interested in just so they can have tacos together after and of course she finally uh, saves up enough money to move out and she finds the perfect apartment and he helps her move and just oh, you know they're cute. best friends and then they become lovers and I love it <laughs> <laughs> and the audio I, spike went was great <laughs> I loved it it does sound really cute it was really cute and I loved it so that's it I think I've sold it I hope okay <laughs> um, ready for my last book? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Tell me. Tell me all about it. So I read Den of Vipers. Oh, okay. This might be my last attempt at dark romance. Did you physically read it or did you have an audio? I had an ebook. 
Oh, okay. On Kindle, because it's on Kindle Unlimited. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'm quite glad I didn't pay money for this. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is the one with the woman and the many men. Yes. And one of them's called, like, Diesel or Axel yes. or something? Yes, Diesel. Okay, yeah. So this is a Why Choose or Reverse Harem, whichever term you prefer to use. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I just use both. In, uh, you know. In case someone has a problem with one, there is the other. <laughs> Okay, so I had a real roller coaster with this book because I was very close to DNFing it at no, one point. Oh, really? And You're then, not really a DNFer. Oh, that's me. That's what I mean. And it mm. swung back up, and I stuck it through. Okay. I would say this book could have been at least two hundred page sh- pages shorter than it was. It was six hundred and forty six pages. What? Yes. That is far too long. Far too long. It should be like with a, for a book with very little plot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, or the, or they could. Yes, yeah, so it sounds like they needed an editor, really. So the last two hundred pages is after they've defeated the big bad, and it is essentially them just sort of shagging and stuff, which is fine. That could have just been a novella, you know. Like it didn't it? Didn't need to be two hundred pages the long. Sex that's for sure. After the after the fact, yeah. <sighs> didn't need to be two hundred pages. That's for damn sure. The first two hundred pages, it's so slow going. And it's an awful lot of moral quandaries and the part of the... So basically the, the concept is they are a mafia. So it's a mafia romance, which uh-huh. again, you and me have mixed feelings about. I didn't know it was a mafia one. I thought it was like a motorcycle gang. Mm, I don't know no. why. Well, they're like a gang, but it's kind of mafia-y. I don't know. <laughs> so her dad, who's a bad man, the main character's dad is a bad man, and he owes them money. So he sells his daughter. Because of course, he's a good he's a doll, emancipated daughter. By the way, she's in her twenties. So how you sell a child that emancipate themselves from you, and it's also not a child? Yeah, like she can just say no and leave. Yeah. So that's what my number one issue with that is. It. I do enjoy the fact that it's not a child. Yeah, she's not. It's very explicitly not a child. She owns her own bar. In the divey department. town. So she's a proper grown-up. She's a proper adult who owns a bar, owns a business, lives above that business. Well, has I'm her just, own place. I'm just going to say right now, I, don't, I can't remember who the author is, but I'm just going to well, say I'm, right now... Um, uh, oh, I should, probably should tell them, shouldn't I? Miss Author, you could have come K.A. Knight. You could have come up with a better reasoning for it to happen. So they're like, we must collect our debt. They're like, we don't agree with a woman being sold to us, but a debt's a debt and we've got to make a point. So they just let the dad go. I mean, they could have not accepted her as payment. Debt. They could have been like, no, money would be good things. Yeah. No, so they're just like, well, we've got to make a point, so we have to kidnap this girl now. But she works in a dive bar and deals with scummy men all the time. So they send four men to kidnap her and she beats the shit out of them and dumps them in the alley. Right. <laughs> so she's a, she's not like other girls. She's, she's not like girl. other girls. Yeah. Uh, so she she has a bat that she deals with difficult customers with. So then she just beats them all and mm. puts them in the alley. Including Diesel the assassin, who's nuts, by the way. He's obviously not a very good assassin, though. Yeah. Uh, so then they come back for her the next day, and they will kidnap her for realsies this time by chloroforming her. Uh, and then they're like, you're ours now! And she's like, well, no. And they're like, but you're ours, you're our possession, we can do with you what you want. And she's like, fucking try yeah, it. I'm a human being. I just beat for it. So it wasn't the main Viper people, it was like two of the main guys and two like of their like muscle helpers. Underlings. That she beat the shit out of. Yeah. So then she's like, I will fucking beat the shit out of you again. Like, don't no. come anywhere near me. And they're like, but you're our pet now. And she's like, no, I'm a human. See, I'm always in two minds, because do I like the idea of someone looking after me like a pet? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, they give her nice food. Yeah. They give her nice clothes. She has Brush a really... my hair. Yeah. That sounds nice. She has a really nice room. Do I want... She doesn't have to work. Do I want someone to look after me like I look after my children? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. But kidnapping is wrong. But you don't own her. <laughs> and so she's just like, no. And they're like, well, this is going to be trickier than we thought. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you got us there. I thought we'd just be having lots of sex with I this girl that we kidnapped. I no. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then, so she's like, I hate these people, they're my kidnappers. But You're slamming the door. I hate you! Yeah, but she's like, oh, they're kind of hot, though. Would I bang them? Yes. So she's just, like, surrounded by five really hot men. 
who have brought her to their like inner sanctum and she's like oh this means they're gonna kill me like i've seen their inner life and they're just kind of going about their day-to-day lives as mobsters yeah she's like honey just going to the shop and <laughs> do we need anything with yes, this girl locked in the flat yeah <laughs> so they just go about their everyday Can she lives not go to her job no like what's happening with her business so her they, livelihood so they like don't tell her this but they they bring someone in to run the bar for her oh that's kind so of they don't like trash the bar or because yeah, we don't want to hate on them because yeah, so they, but they tell her, like, that's none of your business, it's ours now anyway. And she's like, no. No, like, you somehow bought me, but not my bar. Yeah. But they were like, we own you, so we own your bar. And he's like, hey, I found the deed in a drawer, it's mine now. I hope they're paying off their debt. They also <laughs> own their debt then. <laughs> um, she doesn't have debt. Who is this fictional woman? <laughs> so, no, basically, she emancipated herself from her dad mm. and was living on the street when the man who originally owned the bar took her under his wing and was like hey stay in the apartment upstairs work for me finish school mm. um so he was like the father she never had oh that's and cute. then he dies and leaves the bar to her oh that's cute so roy is the only nice man that she's ever known no one's ever taken care of her her father's a terrible man who beat her and her mother her mother sold her her mother was uh, a drag addict and died of an overdose and she was the one that found the mother mum. and so tragic backstories trauma family um so she's like, I've worked my whole life. I've never had nothing to do ever. And I've never been taken care of ever. So she's like, moral quandaries about like, they're taking care of me, but they kidnapped me and I shouldn't like them. But I, they're actually kind of endearing. They're all psychos, but like... They're my psychos. They're my psychos. <laughs> so like, Diesel especially is fucking bonkers. But it's funny. I don't know, I don't know how they make this terrible man funny, but they do. Um... And Diesel's just like, you're our pet now. And he's like, I'll take care I'm of you. So he like randomly just climbs in her bed with her, but doesn't touch her. He just like watches her. And he's like, oh, I'm a little pet. And then like when she starts, <gasps> gradually starts to sleep with the other, like Diesel's like one of the last ones she sleeps with. Mm. But Diesel from the beginning is like, I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to marry you. He's like, this. I'm going to marry this girl. She knocked me the fuck out. I'm going to marry her. <laughs> <laughs> like do you say this around her as well. Yeah. So Diesel's like the one that tortures. Oh, is it just all from her point of view? Uh, no, it tortures. Okay. Diesel's the one that tortures and assassinates people for the gang. That's his job. He's a little bit fucked up in the head. He watches mum burn to death in front of him. Uh, so he likes fire. Trauma family. <laughs> uh, so they, so he like is just likes a bit of killing, and they don't try and like justify that. They tell his trauma backstory, but they don't try and make him seem like a good person. It's just the facts. He's just a psycho. Yeah. And he likes to kill. And they're all kind of like, we've got you something to play with. And Diesel's like, yay! And it's the person tied up in the basement. <laughs> like, that could have gone so wrong. Um, if that was written by a man, or yeah. by J.R. No, no. no. J.R.R. Mar- Martin. How many R's are there? Wait, what? R. 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 G? G. Game of Friends. That would have gone so differently. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, you adorable little psycho. <laughs> so at the first she's afraid of him. And then she gets, like, she kind of pushes his buttons. And there's like, all the other all the other guys. So she'll say something to Diesel, like, Diesel will get me coffee. And they all, like, freeze because they think Diesel's going to freak the fuck out. And Diesel's, like, a golden funny. retriever. And he's like, yeah! And then, like, so Diesel, she, like, randomly just, like, punches Diesel in the nuts. And Diesel just gets back up and he's like, I'm going to marry this girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so she gradually fucks her way through all the boys and they're all aware of it yeah mm-hmm. they're all fine with sharing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in fact they find it kind of funny as notoriously men are yeah uh, they've all got their own <laughs> tragic backstories tm <laughs> yay and so this is where i nearly did de- like it's it's a i've made it sound really fun but the reason i nearly dnf'd it is like the tragic backstories and then she goes from boy to boy at one point and like therapizes them and then fucks them is she still just stuck in the house this yeah. entire time? Yeah. So she's still a prisoner. Did she go like until that like, page four hundred? Or... No. She, well, she go out to the pool. Oh, okay. I bet there's a lot of bikini stuff then. Oh, no, they don't give her a bikini, so she obviously swims naked. Obviously, what do you do when you're kidnapped by five mafia men? You swim naked in the pool. <laughs> obviously. God. Words have failed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So you're making this sound fun. Yeah, but there was just it was like there was a real slow bit where she's going from boy to boy, and they're she's telling they're telling her the tragic backstory. She's like, I will crack all of them. And there's Garrett, who is one of he's like their he's their kind of he poses as their bodyguard, but. So it's the five of them in charge together, but they have one man who acts like the front man mm-hmm. so that everyone thinks he's the boss, so he's the only... So only one of them is ever targeted okay, that makes as sense. the leader. But really, it's all five of them. They okay. make the decisions together. And they all live together. Yeah. Like, They're a little cutie, family. Cutie, They're cutie, a little traumatised family little together. Family. And so Garrett plays the role of like bodyguard, and he hates women because he had a fiancé... <sighs> Who, to be fair, she did tie him up and torture him and nearly kill him. But she got... Was there reasons? Yeah, she was like bought out by one of their oh. rival gangs. And she was a bit bonkers as well. Okay. So then, so she like tortured you, tortures him to death. And then the gang came and saved him. And then supposedly she's dead. Dun dun dun, she's not. I have a quick question, just mm-hmm. a side note. Do they feed her? Do they make her food? And stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I want this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they make her coffee and make her breakfast. But yeah. I always think like that sounds amazing. But then the downside is, as the woman, no matter how this story goes, mm. you'll end up defaulting the mum more. No, they're all like self-sufficient. Because they're all been, a woman. Yeah, they're yeah. all abandoned boys who had to learn how to deal on their own, and they have staff that do a lot of stuff, but then they do a lot of cooking on their own. And okay, uh, written by a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like they take care of her, and they take pride in taking care of someone. So they go from like you're our pet, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want to you, to being like yes, darling, whatever you want. Oh. Do you want a pretty dress? We've got you pretty. We've got you jewelry. Do you like us? <laughs> Okay, I get it. <laughs> um, and then, like, Garrett, she helps him work for his trauma, where he's like, he, I can't can't touch you, you can't be on top of me, because that's what she did to be. And so she's like, okay, I want to help you work through this. How can you fuck me? And and then, so they, like, tie her arms down. Does she have, like, threesomes? So later, it becomes more people involved. Interesting. Because Diesel's just like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so Diesel quite often say so one of the brothers will have because it's all quite rough sex and they call each other brothers. Yeah. Mm. But only two of them are actually brothers. Two the two brothers. ones that are actual brothers are also this is my other issue. They work in the scene together, not touching them mm-hmm. but watching the other fuck mm-hmm. the girl. Mm-hmm. Which I don't I'm not I'm not a man, but I would never want to see my sibling do that ever so I don't that's my other issue (laughs) Um, so like quite often it's rough sex and then the men just kind of like leave her because they hate her for a while so they're like they have the rough sex and they just sort of leave her where she is and then Diesel quite often just comes up comes and sort of cleans her up he's literally a puppy then yeah Diesel just like like one time so Garrett before they have sex Garrett like fucks her in the mouth um and then Diesel just comes and finds her in the shower because her hands are tied behind her back and she's just got cum in her mouth and she can't do anything about it. So Diesel's like, come here, love. And he, like, wipes the gum off her lip and then t- puts her to bed. <laughs> Look, there's being open with your friends. And... <laughs> then, yeah, then there's, like, sex scenes with all five of them later. I don't know. Was it a fun book? Just too long? Or the fun bits didn't outweigh it? Or... <laughs> I really actually don't have a stance on whether I recommend this book or not. It just was a book. Just was a book. And things that happened. Knowing that information, there is quite it? there's quite a lot of attempts to justify why the boys are so fucked up and why she's fucked up enough to accept this dark behaviour that makes it dark romancy. But it's all like the author does attempt to make the her consent and enthusiasm for the dark romance aspects. She does attempt to make that very clear. It's very clear that she's in control a lot of the time. So a lot of like, there's a lot of fucked up shit that gets done to her, but it's all with her consent. Yeah, the author does really try. I don't think she does a perfect job of it. I don't know. If this is a female author. I'm presuming K.A. Knight. I don't know. The I way it was written felt female, like a woman to yeah. me. From the way you're talking about the yeah. guys, I imagine it was a woman, right? Yeah. Like there's there's one bit. The first guy she sleeps with, they're literally kicking the shit out of each other. 
and then they start fucking. And then she was like, in her head, she was like, well, I didn't say no. So there's like mm, some dodgy attempts to justify some of it. Yeah. But most of the time she's like clear in the narration she's enjoying what's being done to her. Because wait, this is the one where she gets like fucked with a gun. Uh-huh. Excuse me, what? Yeah. I don't, I don't exactly what I just said. Do a water bottle goes out there at one point. Do they? Isn't there enough penises in the house? Like why? Why yep. is this? Do they at least? Uh, he put a, a condom on it because that's no, going to no. scrape you up and that's no, going to no no, no no. And none so of them, she got a UTI. Or there's no mention. Right? Of, there's no mention of protection at any point as well. There's lots of mention of people spilling places. So there's is all there five like of them after care visits to the doctors. Or? No, there's all five no. of them mixing in there together. Quite often, like sometimes she hasn't showered before the last after the last one. No baby, no preparations. No, there's no mention of con- contraception okay. at any point. I mean, if you want to be like a fanfic, go ahead. Isn't it? But it's... also, I guess the whole the whole storyline is not realistic. No. So no, and the storyline kind of is there's a rival gang that's starting up trying to hurt them at the same time as they kidnap this girl. Her name's Roxy, by the way. I don't think I've said her name yet. And they're fighting that rival gang. And in the process, people figure out how much the boys like her and therefore kidnap her. And then obviously they do like, you dead, kill our girl, blah, blah, blah. That's they burn down the world to get her back. And yeah. then it's like, that's when they realise how much they love each other. <laughs> okay, well, that does sound fun. And they all decide like, yeah, this is our lives. This is how we live now. We all fuck the same girl. None of us use any condoms. There's no mention of her being on any kind of contraception, but yet there are no babies. Is she allowed to go back to work at any point? So, they end up giving... I'm just like, where's the condoms and can she go back to work? (laughs) (laughs) So, in the end, what they do, because she's like they kind of come to the conclusion that she'll never be happy being like a kept woman in the apartment. So then the guy, Ryder, who does like all their financial stuff, he's like, okay, I need to figure out a way to keep her, as in keep her consensually. Mm-hmm. So there's a point where there's a conversation of like, we have to let her go so that she, then she can be with us for real. Yeah. And Ryder's like, how... If you, if you let them go and if they come back, it was meant to yours. be. Yeah. <laughs> So Ryder finds a way to like, how can I give her work that makes her feel like one of us? So then he finds out a way and they open a chain of bars in her name. And she names them after the nice fake dad Roy. And so that's her. That's what she She does get work. She owns a chain of bars and all the money's her own. She has her own bank account. So there are some attempts, which I think is why this book is maybe as popular as it is. Yeah. There are some attempts to be a bit feminist with this, whilst also doing like the really dark, fucked up stuff, where it's like, I own you! It's a hard balance, surely. It really walks mm, a bit of a tightrope. Yeah. I would say the middle 250 pages are the enjoyable bit. You have to get through the first 200, the last 200, you can take it or leave it. <laughs> this could have been a 300 page book. Cool. So, what a way! What a way! I well, how many trigger warnings are we going to have to add to this it. bloody episode now? What a way to end it! <laughs> Do you see what I say when I had a bit of a mixed bag? Yeah, that's brilliant. From first to die, the end to that. <laughs> We're just going to have to go on to um, the story graph and grab all the content. Warnings. <laughs> got, there's so many content warnings for that, and I'm very sorry for the editor, who is my brother, who's going to have to <laughs> edit uh. that. Um, I mean, there was no... I gave no opinions on the spicy stuff, so I feel like we're walking the line. <laughs> I'm just telling you what happened. It's a blunt, it's a blunt end of a knife that goes, like, the handle goes in there at one point. They fuck in the same room as the dead body of a man. <laughs> Why did this come up so often? <laughs> um, I just feel like hygiene you can get infections don't put stuff up there that's not made to go up there well there's like at one point there's one bit where she's like had sex and she's like too tired to go for a shower so one of them like gets a flannel and cleans her up oh that's quite common in in these kind of stories i didn't like that that was like 
she was a baby. Yeah, that that is very common. Oh no, I, and I had a always problem cringe with that. when I read that. I had a real problem with that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of them... Because I literally picture a baby. Yeah, them put into her bed and washing her. Yeah. And, like, she's, like, in a sex coma and they're like, oh, we'll clean... Or they put her in the bath and they wash her and she just kind of lies there. Uh, didn't it's nice to that. have your hair washed. Yeah, but they're, like, washing But not bits. when I'm in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's I not see. actually asleep. Yeah. She's just, like... Just to be clear, she's, she's just so orgasmed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> hey did you like those books <laughs> but this might have been my last dark romance this yeah. might have killed it for i me. don't think you think enjoyed I'll... a lot of them no you? no you've given them a good try yeah i really did try hooked is the only one i've ever enjoyed you've done a lot of the popular ones mm-hmm. but i think i have to accept that i'm not as gritty and dark as i thought and that i do just want fluffy happily ever after <laughs> love hypothesis type romances yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm not as cool as I thought I was. I'm not not as dark and gritty as I thought. I just want a fluffy romance where they're nice to each other. (laughs) I like it when the characters like each other. Is that me healing? (laughs) Am I better than everyone else? (laughs) So thank you for joining us on this wild journey. Oh my god, it's long recorded. We're very sorry. Sorry, I read a lot. Please um, follow us on the story graph to yeah. see what else we've been reading. Mm-hmm. Um, please follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Um, we have a blog post, a blog. We have a website. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that again. We have a website which is lazybookloverspodcast.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. You can give us any uh, recommendations of books or indie, specifically indie books that you might want us to read, any suggestions for future episodes. Topics you like us to cover. Yeah. Uh, please, please, please like and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps us, especially in the algorithm. Subscribe, download, all the cool stuff. Thank you very much. We will see you next time. Bye, Bye guys. guys.